A sad day for Catholicism and Western civilization as the iconic Notre Dame Cathedral burns down. Lori Laughlin is taking a huge chance with the college admissions bribery scandal. And Bernie Sanders courageously goes on a town hall hosted by Fox News. And things get a little heated. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So welcome tonight. I wish we could had a much better I wish we could have had a much better day talking about much lighter things, but tragedy in Paris has really put a damper on things. At 6 p.m. Paris time yesterday, a small fire started in Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. The fire quickly engulfed the wooden cathedral. Before long, the the cathedral was completely in flames. Uh, Due to the lack of equipment and the speed of the fire, there was little that could be done by firefighters. They made their, they took their chances. They walked into the building. They tried to save as many of the artifacts as they artifacts and art as they could. Um, one firefighter was critically injured, um, but there was nothing he could do with the structure. A few hours in a few hours, the entire structure was completely gone. Within it was completely gone. All that stands was the front facade and the actual frame of the building. That's the bad news. The good news is when I wrote this script, there was a lot more fear about what would happen than actually did. Luckily, this is good. They did save a lot of the building. Um, Basically, the roof and the spire came down but the walls stayed up. Uh, looking at pictures, you could actually see the pews were still in line. The altar was still up. A lot of the statues were still up. They were able to save Jesus Christ's uh, crown of thorns. That was saved and rushed out of there and, and put someplace safe. It looks like the building might be able to be somewhat recovered. Not completely, somewhat. Investigators are looking at the tragedy as an accident. I was going through the re- I was going through the renovation and there were workers in the building at the time of the fire started. Or I'm sorry. Um, they were looking through the renovation and there were workers in the building at the time of the fire started. French President Emmanuel Macron called a meeting uh, called off a meeting and immediately went to Paris police headquarters. He promised that France would rebuild the cathedral. That's good. I think the cathedral will be rebuilt. It will not be the same thing. I don't think architecture today is in the same way it was back then. Um, I mean, this cathedral was 800 acres of wood forest. That's That's how they built the roof, and that's probably why it went up. Um, it's really sad. A Catholic, and as a Catholic and a fan of Western civilization, the cathedral was an icon of achievement. Construction. Let's go over a little bit about the cathedral, in case you've never seen it. And I've never been there. I've never seen it, um, but I know of it. I've read about it, and it is one of the premier churches. Uh, construction ban- began in 1160 AD and took a hundred years uh, to complete. It is considered one of the finest examples of French Gothic architecture. It did not become completed, completely completed, for 300 years. I mean, just the thought of that is amazing. In the 1790s, the cathedral suffered uh, desecration during the French Revolution due to the rejection of religion. Uh, At this time, this was the Age of Enlightenment, air quotes, and the Age of Enlightenment rejected religion. Uh, They did not actually tear the building down, but they did use it as storage, and they never upkept it. They just let it go. And that was part of the problems with it. It took a while before they were able to um, realize what they had. I guess that's one of the things with being in a European country where everything in Europe is old. Um, You don't appreciate what you have there. Or you don't appreciate the history. 
But thank God for Napoleon Bonaparte. Napoleon, the little guy with the hand in his shirt, he loved the cathedral. And he worked to restore it a little bit, to clean it up. And he actually used the cathedral to be coronated as Emperor of France within its walls. If you don't know what that means, look at uh, his paintings. He actually, of course, has his hand in his shirt and is holding a crown over his head. That's when he coronated himself as Emperor of France. In 1831, uh, Victor Hugo reinvigorated interest in Notre Dame by publishing his book, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Now, I have seen the movie and I have read the book. Read the book. The book is dark. It is very dark. It is very sad. No movie has ever shown the absolute despair than that book has. So it's actually be worth actually reading the book. During World War II, it's a long book. I mean, it's 800 pages, but it's really worth it. During World War II, the Germans occupied Paris and desecrated the cathedral by shooting at it. They did not have the where where all of the they did not have the motivation to actually destroy it. They just shot into it. To this day, one could see pock marks from German rifles. Each year, twelve million people visited the cathedral, which comes up to thirty about sixty thousand people a day. It was a very popular cathedral. It was just something. And such famous artwork, the famous flying buttresses, still considered a masterpiece of architecture. One of the rose stained glass windows, gone. The uh, crown of thorns was saved, that's good. No one knows what happened to a lot of the paintings. Most of the statues survived and there was an organ there, the largest organ in the world. Um, no one knows what happened to it. We're still waiting for the investigation. President Macron promised to rebuild the cathedral. After all, the front facade, the towers, the bell tower are still standing. Those were not made out of wood. Those were actually made out of uh, mortar, a brick and mortar. But nothing is going to be like the original structure. No one is going to cut down the for a forest of trees to rebuild it the way it was built. No one can replicate the beautiful rose stained glass windows that were lost. Um, even though the windows were not blown out, they were damaged. So who knows what's going to happen to them. And the art that was lost is never going to be replaced. It's gone. So for Catholics, for people like me, well, for a lot of people, Western civil this was the epitome of Western civilization. Um, it's gone. A lot of it's gone, and it will be rebuilt. Macron said it could be five years, but chances are it's going to be 10 to 15 years. And uh, it's not going to be the same. I was really impressed with the news media's coverage. Uh, no politicizing, blaming terrorists or Trump. You had a couple of folks that were sitting back and blaming Islamic terrorism, but it really doesn't look like that's what happened. Uh, everyone was just upset over this, what looks like, tragic accident. So, it's been a tough day. And I keep talking about, I keep talking about Western civilization, and I do mean that. I have, I bought uh, Ben Shapiro's book, The Right Side of History, on Audible. I listened to it twice. I found it an important enough book that I should actually uh, read the book. So now I'm currently reading the book. And the Dark Ages were really not that dark. The Dark Ages had was the actual intersect between reason and faith. St. Thomas Aquinas, folks like that, were able to bring 
the reason that the Greeks decided to uh, use, and the faith in God and moral purpose that Christians and Jews, essentially Jews, that's what the right side of history says. Now, a lot of people get very upset when they hear that, and they, uh, hatred for the Jews goes up because of that. But the reality is Christianity, and Catholicism especially, is basically a sect of Judaism. Christ died a Jew. So if you believe in Christ, you've got to accept Judaism simply because Judaism is where we came from. Christ did not die a Christian. Um, it was just sad that this cathedral, who really, who, which really represented the intersection between Greece and, as Ben Shapiro says, Jerusalem, which is correct, I believe is correct, is destroyed. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say. I'm hoping they saved a lot more than they did. I can tell you with pictures that I've seen today, um, a lot of this, I scripted this yesterday. So with pictures I did see today, and it was a beautiful picture. Uh, firefighters walked in, press was allowed to take a couple pictures, and what you saw was the pews were there. The altar was there, uh, altar was there, undamaged, and the statues around the altar, which are four saints that are kneeling in front of the altar, they were there. They may have been damaged slightly, but they were not uh, destroyed. And then there was that silver cross sitting on the wall. If you visit the website, I'm actually going to have that picture there. It is wonderful, and that silver cross still reflected off the sun, and it didn't look like it was even touched. So I have hope that maybe we could recover a lot of it. And apparently we've recovered a lot of the artwork. We've recovered, like I said, we've recovered the crown of thorns, which is a big deal. And by the way, I think maybe one day, I think maybe one day I'll talk about that crown of thorns. There are actually no thorns on it. Not because Christ wasn't crowned with thorns, but because people have been taking those thorns because they're so holy, because they have the blood of Christ on them. It's a very interesting story. I should really set up a separate podcast just for that. So with that being said, let's move on to something just a little lighter. Actually, quite a lot lighter than this. Let's talk about Lori Laughlin and her husband, Massimo Giovanni, I don't know. I'm not Italian. I can't pronounce that. Um, these two have pled not guilty to charges involving the college admissions bribery scandal. Just to give you a little reminder, Lori Laughlin is the chick who was in who was married to John Stamos in Full House, and Massimo Giovanni you guessed it with the name like that, is a fashion designer. My daughters love Full House. I was not conscious for the show because I started drinking during Barney the Dinosaur and Teletubbies but, and basically lost it by the time I got to that show. But needless to say, I wasn't a fan of the show. Uh, so when I heard Lori Laughlin, I didn't know what they were talking about. Massimo designed a dress of something. I don't know. I don't care. Well, apparently their daughter is a complete idiot. They spent $500,000 to get her into the University of Southern California. Uh, let me rephrase that. They bribed someone to get her in the University of Southern California for $500,000. Now... I'm from LA and I know UCL USC. You just need money to get into USC. Their daughter was so I say effing in this thing, but I'm going to say bloody stupid. They needed to bribe someone to get her into USC. Well, she is stupid. The daughter's name is Olivia Jade. I don't know where these people get these names, but whatever. She is a YouTube star promoting dumb garbage like makeup and fashion. Uh, listen to this genius talk about her experience at USC. 
But I do want the experience of like game days, partying. I don't really care about school, as you guys all know. <laughs> as you can see, this is not a genius. Definitely belongs at USC. Olivia Jade had a ton of YouTube sponsors and they all disappeared. Oh, that's too bad. Olivia Jade found out about her mom's arrest while she was studying for a trigonometry test. I'm just kidding. She was on a yacht with the son of a USC board member in the Caribbean. Authorities do not suspect that Olivia Jade knew anything about the scandal, but come on. She got a perfect 1600 on the SATs. She did not get a 1600 in the SATs. The guy who took the test for her admitted he did it. I really doubt highly that this gal had no idea that her mother snuck her into that place. But Olivia Jade apparently ain't the dumbest one in the family. Lori Laughlin and her husband were really afraid to go to jail. A deal was on the table that would have given them a few months in jail, specifically club fed, which means they'd be playing tennis and cooking lobster or whatever they actually do in there. Uh, they rejected it. Apparently, Lori Laughlin was actually afraid to go to jail, and she figured that this this is a true story. She knew what she was doing was wrong, but she didn't know it was illegal. That's what she said yesterday, actually. Um, Felicity Huffman, she's the chick from Desperate Housewives, another show I didn't like and now hate more because my ex-wife loved it, pleaded guilty and might spend three months in jail. And that's might. Now Laughlin is facing a plethora of charges uh, because the DA pulled his offer. She is. She and her husband are now looking at 40 years in prison. Um, they won't get 40 years. Uh, they will get years instead of months. But I mean, damn, they got them on money laundering. I don't know how that happened, but those folks are looking at some major time. You know what I think about this? Not much. I couldn't care less. This has been the same story since I was in college. And that was a really long time ago. Does that mean they should get off? Not at all. Uh, give them a year in jail. They'll serve a few months and return to their ruined careers. Both of their careers are gone. They are both ruined. Um, but here's the other question. What about the kids? Uh, the colleges are actually looking to sanction the children who got degrees, have degrees, are going for degrees, are already in the schools. Should they be kicked out? Uh, should they have their degrees invalidated? Um, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, why not? Who cares? Let them, let them be invalidated. Don't tell me they didn't know. Don't tell me any of these kids who qualified for Harvard, Oxford, MIT, all these places didn't know this was happening. These aren't kids, by the way. They're adults. They're all over 18. They must pay the price like they would in real life. That's how they're actually going to learn how to deal with things. So what does this debacle say about our education system? Our higher education system or college system it actually says quite a bit it tells me that the system is not about educating our youth but instead making money our universities have become left-wing indoctrination corporations look at David Hogg he got rejected from UCLA because his SATs weren't great but he got accepted into Harvard really Harvard? Why do you think he got in? Maybe because he's a left-wing activist? Hates gun control? People feel sorry for him? I'm pretty sure that uh, David Hogg is no Ben Shapiro as far as Harvard students go. I follow him on Twitter and I've had some of I heard some of his speeches and trust me this is this kid is not Harvard material. I belong in Harvard probably more than he does. 
There's a great book uh, called Coddling of American, uh, Coddling of the American Mind by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukanoff, that talks about the business of higher education and how it's ruining our children. Maybe this is book. Maybe this book is the reason why I really don't care about the scandal. I'm just not surprised. I personally think we put too much emphasis in higher education. I have a degree. I've never used it. In fact, my career came through a trade school. And I was working at the trade school, so I had to learn on the job. It turns out having an actual usable skill is more valuable than my English literature degree. And uh, that's pretty much what I tell everyone when they say, okay, you're a computer guy and you have an English literature degree? I tell them, yeah, I do. I didn't know any better at the time. I would love to see the BS classes like women's studies and crap like that are eliminated and only usable skill, only usable skills are taught in college. I've even in those usable skills, mathematics, science, biology, um, not climate science because there's no real usable skill there. Um, engineering, physics, those are great skills. Those are skills you can use. I've even suggested my fiance that she and her kids go to a trade school and learn how to do something instead of wasting their time in college. And it's not just time, wasting money. There's nothing in college they're going to get. Well, enough of that. I'm already gone on for 20 minutes. And yeah, I spent some good time about uh, uh, over the Notre Dame Cathedral disaster, but this other part is just garbage. And I know I'm going to have to talk about Jesse Smollett soon, so hey. So let's get into the town hall hosted by Fox News with Bernie Sanders. This is pretty awesome. Now, let me set this up for you. Because when you say Bernie Sanders is being interviewed on Fox News in a town hall setup, uh, a lot of people think there's going to be like dead silence in the crowd. It's going to be just brutal. Um, it was hosted at a Fox News studio by uh, Martha McKellum and Brett Beer, Bear. But no, it was not a conservative audience. And by the way, what conservatives would want to listen to Bernie Sanders we all think he's nuts. The studio was filled with Bernie fans. From this time on, we'll be Bernie bros. Let's face it. Yeah. I will say one thing. I respect Bernie for being the only Democratic candidate to appear on Fox News. But let's call it like it is. This is going to help Bernie no matter what happens. And it did looking at the polls today. Uh, Bernie was going to appear to be the guy that has the guts to actually walk into Fox News. Of the 28, 30, 40, 70 people that are now running for president, none of them will go on Fox News. But, so you can, you can imagine, there was a lot of hollering for Bernie. Um, even though McKellum and and. Bear said that there was a lot of conservatives there or independents. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like it were old Bernie bros. So let's go into some of the highlights of the town hall. Uh, the first clip is Bernie answering questions about being rich and his taxes. Take a listen. I'm a millionaire. Well, actually, this year we had $560,000 in income. And that's a lot of money. And that money, in my case, my wife's case, it came from a book that I wrote. Pretty good book. You might want to read it. <laughs> it was a bestseller. It sold all over the world, and we made money. So if anyone thinks that I should apologize for writing a best-selling book, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. But your marginal tax rate, tax rate was 26% because of President yeah. Trump's tax cuts. So why not say, you know, I'm leading this revolution. I'm not going to take those. Come on, but I am, I paid the taxes that I owe. And by the way, why don't you got Donald Trump up here and ask him how much he pays in taxes? Wait, 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 wait. 
Bernie feels it's okay to make a lot of money by publishing a book? What? He shouldn't need to apologize for making money for creating something? Wow. How capitalist of him. But really got what really got him miffed was when Bear asked him why he didn't give more money than the 26% taxes since he is this revolutionary leader and he should lead by example, which is the American way. Bernie played whataboutism at that point by asking Trump to turn in his own tax returns. What a BS answer. Have some guts. By the way, here's something to learn about when you debate. Never use whataboutism. It does not make things right. So, I don't believe in abortion, but you believe in the death penalty. That's whataboutism. Of course, I can argue death penalty and abortion, but that's whataboutism. That does not help that individual's argument by saying, well, what about you support the death penalty? Because the chances are there's a 90% chance that person's going to be able to answer that question. It's really bad. Never use whataboutisms when debating. Never use metaphors when debating. There's one stupid debate I heard uh, about, well, you don't believe in abortion. Well, let's just say you had one billion um, zygotes and your daughter there. Do you kill the zy And you had an option. Kill the zygotes or kill your daughter. I think it was something like that. I don't know what it was. It was a stupid whataboutism. No, that's a metaphor, actually. Excuse me. It's a stupid argument. It's a binary argument, and it's a bad binary argument. Never use whataboutisms and metaphors to defend your position. Here's the reality with Bernie's question. Well, let's play with his whataboutism. Here's, here's the question with Bernie's um, question. Uh, Trump doesn't have to turn in his tax returns because he is rich, and he's a capitalist, and he doesn't apologize for being rich and a capitalist. He likes our system. He's profited from it, and he wants to keep it. It is Bernie Sanders that wants to destroy the system. If you can't even do something personal to show your distrust or dislike for the system, why should anyone else? The other reason Donald Trump won't turn in his tax reforms, uh, tax forms, is for. I think, first off, he probably is not as rich as he wants everyone to think. Trump is very much into is very is an egomaniac, and he's very much into images. It would be embarrassing if they found out he's worth $2 billion instead of $10 billion, which is what he pushes. And I don't know if he pushes he's $10 billion, but he pushes himself as a billionaire. Finally, everything Trump has done has been demonized. Why bother turning in his tax forms? It's not going to help him, even if it could. And this is something I think we all forget it's never brought up anywhere. It's not brought up in the left-wing media. It's not brought up in the right-wing media. Trump doesn't need to prove a thing. He is president of the United States and is earning, what, $2 a year? He did this for the country. He did not do this to make money. He's going to make money after he's out as president, no matter what. Bernie Sanders, is he earning a salary? I would bet my left arm he is. So I don't care if President Trump doesn't turn in his tax forms. It doesn't matter to me. He's doing a great job so far. Uh, this question that they that they asked Bernie about his taxes and about his his belief system should have really hurt him. Uh, the reason is that Bernie has been inciting people to be envious of the rich and craving their wealth. Now we know, well, we always knew, Bernie is one of the rich. Kind of makes his 
argument sound hypocritical, right? But hearing the che- but hearing the cheering in the crowd, the Bernie Bros don't think too much. <laughs> they just want to forget that part. Guess they're just feeling the burn there. Um, the next clip talks about free health care in college. I believe that human beings, especially in a wealthy, democratic, civilized society like our own, are entitled to certain basic rights. So let me be very clear, and I'm sure we'll discuss it later in the show, Brett. I believe that health care is a human right, not a privilege. Okay? And I believe, I believe that there is something embarrassingly wrong when the United States of America is the only major country on earth not to guarantee health care to all people. I live 50 we're, miles from the Canadian border. We're going to get in okay. detail about Medicare. Right. So health care is right. I believe that education, whether you're poor, whether you're rich, you have the right to get all of the education you need. And that is why I believe we should make public colleges and universities tuition free. There's so much wrong with this. He's again appealing to emotion by using the us against the rich argument. Of course, the Bernie bros don't catch that and don't care that Bernie is one of the rich, that they are supposed to hate. And he's wrong. Education is not a right. It's a privilege that should be earned. If one is not struggling in college like I did, I struggled in college, you're learning nothing about how to live the real life. I did get help paying for college, but I also had three kids while I was in college. I was the only one working in college, and I worked full-time. I did pay for quite a bit in college, but uh, thanks to my dad, I was able to survive. It was hard, and I think I've become far stronger because of what I've dealt with in college. Um, oh yeah, technically, healthcare is not a right either. It's not a legal right or a natural right. And I wish people would get over that. Healthcare is not in the Constitution, so it's not a legal right. And if it was a natural right, there would be some other country that Bernie keeps saying are so much better than our country that actually has healthcare as a right. There are no countries that have health care as a right. Don't talk about the Nordic countries. The Nordic countries, it's not a right to have health care. They give you health care. Well, let's be careful. They give you limited health care. They have death panels in those Nordic countries. They have its rationed health care in those Nordic countries. Sometimes it could take you a really long time to get a doctor. Uh, here comes the big question. How are you going to pay for all this? Free college, free health care. I'm sure he's got a couple more things that are going to be free, too. Uh, let's listen to this. This should be good. It's going to be free at the point of when you use it. Okay? In Google, to, why are you so shocked by this? Because someone's going to pay. Going, somebody is going to pay. <laughs> Who are they? Who okay. 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 One, one second. Okay. Relax. We'll be talking. Please. We'll get through this it's together. It's a common question. Okay. We had Okay. All he right. had so many email questions. Okay. Ask Senator Sanders how he is fair going enough. to Fair enough. I got it. It's a fair but question. But the first thing, let's just say hypothetically. Okay. You're, uh, you are um, self-employed, and you have you've got a husband and two kids, okay? Family of four. Do you know how much that family is paying today for health care? How many? $28,000 a year. Okay. All right. We're spending $11,000 per person. We are saying to that family of four, you ain't going to pay that $28,000. you are not paying any more premiums. You're not paying any more co-payments. You're not paying any more deductibles. How's that? $28,000 you are not paying. But does that mean you're not going to pay something? Of course it does. You're going to pay more in taxes. No, Bernie. You've been saying health care was going to be free. Now you're saying taxes are going to go up. So I'm not getting health care for free. But next, 
<laughs> Brett and Martha needed to push him on this. How much is it going to cost? Right now, I pay 24% taxes. If Bernie raises taxes to raises my taxes to 60% to pay for his $3.2 trillion a year health care plan, it is costing me more than 11 k a year. And I'm not paying 11 k a year for my health care. If even if you combine that with what my employer pays and I have my daughter on my health care and I'm not paying that per year. Brett, Brett and Martha should have pushed this a little bit more. Force him to give them a number. The next clip involves the next clip involves a definition of socialism. Oh, this is going to be good. And uh, yeah, okay. Democratic socialism to me is creating a government and a, an economy and a society which works for all rather than just the top 1%. It means ending the absurd inequalities that exist today. And I want to lay this out, because you're not going to hear this much on Fox, and you're not going to hear this much in the media in general. And the American people have got to conclude whether we think it is appropriate and what America is about to have three families owning more wealth than the bottom half of the American society, 160 million people, whether it's appropriate for the top 1% to own more wealth than the bottom 92%. This is going to take a bit to unpack. Uh, first off, socialism creates nothing. In fact, it impedes the desire to create because there's no motivation. If I create something and I know it's going to be taken away, why do I bother? China proved this. The Soviet Union proved this. Venezuela proved this. Cuba proved this. Vietnam proved this. It's throughout history, this has never worked. <coughs> then Bernie goes off on a envy baiting again against, it goes on the envy baiting against rich people. Of course, his Bernie bros ignore all any, any of this crap. I'm going to be brief because we're running long. Corporations weren't, corporations did not start large. Jeff Bezos was not always rich. Bezos had a great idea, built upon his idea, and the public paid for his idea. He got rich. Bezos risked and succeeded. This is the difference between the billionaires and someone like me. He could have failed. He could have been broke. That would have been a failure at that point. He didn't. And is rich. How is there free? That's the free market system. But it gets better. And it gets better because it helps everyone at that point. As Amazon went from hundreds to thousands of people of customers then went from thousands to hundreds of thousands of customers then went from hundreds of thousands of customers to millions of customers Bezos had to expand in order to make his business successful he had to create 600,000 other jobs Those people he hired are doing pretty well. That's how the free system works. And instead of people appreciating Jeff Bezos for his brilliance, for his great idea, people are going to be envious because he's rich. You know, not one of the 600,000 people he hired sacrificed anything. All they did was take a job and do their work. Any time they wanted to, they could have quit and come up with their own idea. This podcast is an exact example of the free market system. I'm taking a chance. I'm spending a lot of time doing this. I've got a lot of other things I could do, but I decide I want to do this. 
and maybe one day it'll make me some money. Free markets. If I'm giving you what you want, you're going to sit back and you're going to give me money. That's free market. Could be take me a year, could be take me 10 years. That's free market. Hey, but what does Bernie think about immigration? Let's go over that. Let's talk about immigration, yeah. which is a real issue. Okay. First of all, instead of demonizing immigrants, Nobody maybe, well, I'm not saying you are, but we have a president who certainly does every single day. What we need is comprehensive immigration Absolutely. reform. That's what the American people want. And if we had a president who believed in that, we could actually do it. What you also want to do... Both, you know, you both got, parties need to agree on it. You to got today one point, you know, Trump ended the DACA program that Obama established. You know what that means? That means every day more and more young people who were raised in the United States from two or three years of age, they're in the military, they are teachers. They're working all over this country. They are now scared to death that somebody's going to pick them up and throw them out of the country. And that is what Trump did. We need to provide legal status to those people. And we need a humane... Look, Martha, I'm not saying this is an easy issue, right. but let's not politicize it. What we need, as I said, we need the proper uh, legal processes at the border so that these issues can be adjudicated to determine whether or not people should be entitled to asylum. At this point, you can tell Bernie really believes he's with a conservative group and he can't say too much, right? He's got to kind of lull those independents that might be a little conservative, but he sounds kind of crazy here. First, illegal aliens are not being demonized. They are not being pointed out as illegal and should they are being pointed out as illegal and shouldn't be in the country. That's per law. Again, Mexico's immigration laws are far worse than the immigration laws of the United States. The immigration laws in Mexico do not allow for very much bureaucracy. If you can't prove you're a Mexican citizen, you are being deported, period. Next, it is not up to Trump to fix the immigration system. This is that checks and balances thingy we always talk about. Trump is not a king. Trump is not a fascist. Excuse me, not a fascist. Congress comes up with laws, not the president. And Congress is too busy tweeting about how much they hate President Trump. They should be trying to figure out and working with the president to figure out how to fix the immigration system. And the immigration system is broken. Also, DACA was an executive order under the Obama administration. Trump did not end DACA. And Trump could have. Another executive branch, another president, can end a former president's DACA program. Trump didn't. And do you know why he didn't? He believes in DACA. It's still active. And Trump still believes in it. But he wants Congress to pass something to make DACA a law that is bipartisan and accepted by all. Unfortunately, what he does, what's right, he thinks we need to secure the borders for first, then talk about DACA and amnesty. He's absolutely correct here. I don't know what the problem is. Finally, Bernie doesn't want to go, want to politicize it. He doesn't want to politicize the immigration crisis? That's exactly what has been happening with the left from the f from day one. Trump has offered more than once to give DACA for a wall. Congress has said no. They won't even vote for it. They won't even talk to him about it. That's it. Of course, you know what the last clip is about. If you don't know what the last clip is about, I want you to pause this podcast right now and think about it. Well, I gave you a little time to think about it.
can someone say climate change? The main point is that if we do not combat climate change, I, I fear very much the kind of world that we're leaving to our kids in terms of more drought, more flooding, more extreme weather disturbances, more rising ocean levels. And when those things happen, by the way, they become a national security issue because people migrate. If I can't, you know, if I'm living in the Mideast someplace and I can't grow food. You ever watched the movie uh, Tropic Thunder? It was not exactly the most politically correct movie, which is why I really loved it. I've seen it about 50 times. You remember... Well, if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's, it's a great movie. Uh, you remember when Robert Downey Jr. told Ben Stiller, uh, the characters, I don't know their names, you never go full retard when Downey was talking about Stiller's acting in the movie. Uh, in this case, Bernie did not go full retard. Uh, he actually sounded kind of sane. He didn't say that millions were going to die or the world was going to blow up, as he says in every other interview on liberal left-wing channels. I kind of, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I mean, he got into national security thing and he lost me. When he got into that weird area where. Terrorists did not, when he got into the, the area where we're creating terrorists because of global warming, then he kind of freaking lost me. A terrorist did not slam it, air, uh, did not slam three airplanes, four airplanes in the World Trade Center because it was a degree warmer this year. That's, that's where he went full retard. I mean, I, I really thought if he had just stayed the pace, not only would he have grabbed his right, his group, people would have kind of said, okay, that makes sense. Here's the thing. A lot of conservatives do believe there is global war, not global warming, there is climate change. We just question where the climate change comes from. He needs to convince the majority that climate change is a real issue and this is where it comes from. He could have done that. He didn't. He blew it. He blew it when he started talking about um, weird things like, you know, the world's going to end. He didn't talk about that. I'm sorry. He did not talk about the world's going to end. But he blew it when he sat back and said, well, you know, that's where our political thing comes from. And No, that's no. Terrorists are not homegrown because it's gotten warmer. If you've ever been to Afghanistan, it's 300 degrees already. One degree is not going to make any change. Let me put it to you this way. Overall, I thought Bernie sounded hypocritical, dishonest, and, and to be honest with you, crazy. Uh, he did not convince me he knew how to make his ideas work. He offered, solu he offered no solutions, only the absolute perfect conclusion. Answers on how we would get there and the logic was uh, we're not there. Answers on how we would get there and the logic was not logical. He never had any of that stuff. He was completely gone at that point. As of today, he is the front runner for the Democratic nomination and it's not a shock. His appearance on Fox News really helped him. It showed him that he stood out. It showed him that he believed in what in the crap he was spewing. His logic was illogical. He drew conclusions without pathways to those conclusions. He failed tonight. And the only people who cheered and loved Bernie Sanders were uh, Bernie bros. They, they were going to love him no matter what. He could say you should stick worms up your butt and they would have said, oh, okay, if that's going to make the economy better.
if Bernie Sanders ends up being the guy for 2020, Trump wins in 2020. So before we get to our news, uh, short news stories of the day, we're going to sit back and talk about, uh, I want to introduce the first person who's going to be on this podcast with me. What? What? It's too bad she wasn't here earlier, but we're going to do it anyway. So this is Ivy Heiser. Talk to me. Tell me about yourself. Don't be shy. Okay. So... Um, I'm 14. I go to Oceanside High School, and I'm on the dance team. I mean, the stuff I like to do is hike, run, swim, dance, obviously, and soccer. Yeah. That's awesome. Makeup. So, too. what did you think about this podcast so far? It's goofy. She had nothing to do with it. I actually <laughs> cut it out, and this is the last portion. But hopefully, on Saturday, I can get her to join us, or Thursday. I can get her to join us. So I'm not going to put her too much into a, a kind of a box here, but maybe. So let's talk about some little news tidbits right now. Tiger Woods wins another Masters after a decade. I'm pretty sure I lost a, a bet with my father. I'm going to have to actually pay him money because I told him he'd never won another major. And he did. And I can't lie, I think it's really good for golf. I'm happy for him. I'm happy. I don't care that he cheated on his wife. He's got a sex addiction problem. He's got a drug problem. He's got all that other stuff. But, hey, whatever. It is what it is. He won. And I lost 20 bucks to my dad. Um, after losing six games in a row, the Dodgers have finally decided to win a couple of games. Um, they've won two in a row. The Padres were actually up on them by three games as of Saturday, and they are now only up on them by one game. So we're only a game from first place. Do you have anything to say about that? Go Padres. Padres. Going to get them. Go Padres. That's good enough. I will take that. So this is Gene from Dumbasses Talking Politics. And this is Ivy. <laughs> no, say it. Say it. Don't be shy and don't laugh when you say it. Never and mind. This is Ivy. And we'll be back with you another time. <laughs> bye bye. It's absolutely terrible. Anyway, this is Gene from Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Running Fool. And Instagram. R U N N I N F E W L. And you can actually uh, read my blog over at uh, DumbassesTalkingPolitics.com. Ivy, do you have and I something? Do you have something? No. Uh, Ivy did design the website. I will be correcting it anytime, but it, right now I think it's okay. You folks have a good night. I hope you enjoyed the podcast.